What's up, folks? Welcome into the first ever edition of MLB Monday. Yes, if you all were not able to catch NBA Wednesday last week, basically, or really have not been able to follow along to the show as of recently, basically what I'm doing is, again, Tuesdays and Fridays are going to be interview-only episodes, and then we'll have sports talk on those coinciding days, so on and so forth. And so with baseball season, we're going to do MLB Mondays, and today we're going to be joined by Tyler Smith. So we've got a great guest, already joined the chat. We'll get him to jump on in here with us. We've got a lot of really, really good stuff to uh, obviously talk about today. We've got a little bit about the Mariners and Angels brawl, obviously. We also have a little bit about the Pirates and how well they've been doing with such a young group of guys. And then we also will get into just some teams that have kind of jumped out to us uh, early on in the season and so on and so forth. So we will get Mr. Tyler Smith to join us here in a few seconds. And there he is, Mr. Smith. What's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, hey, first off, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. We'll uh, turn that up just a tad. Um, anyways, how's it going, my friend? How's life? How's how's everything treating you? Everything's doing well, man. Uh, ever since ever since I retired, it's been a little little bit of an adaption, trying to get used to the new world or the real world. But no, everything's going good. So. That's great, man. Well, yeah, for everybody at home that may or may not know, Tyler Smith, a Pittsburgh native actually here from, you know, Penn Trafford High School, um, and uh, he got drafted by the LA Angels after a great career at Canisius. He's been on Ride in the Pine a bunch of times. I don't even know how many times uh, you've been on the show, but you are a frequent flyer on RTP for sure. But really glad that you can obviously join us today because you're going to be a constant theme here on MLB Mondays with your baseball expertise. So I want to get right into it because we obviously have... The big brawl from yesterday, Mariners Angels. Uh, what, what's your kind of first reaction to that? And I mean, what's your overall thinkings of just like baseball brawls? Uh, baseball brawls, I think, are they're a little bit of a good charade. Like nothing ever really happens. It's just a bunch of guys chest bumping each other in the middle, yelling at each other. So like nothing ever really happens in them, but. It's just baseball's way of policing itself a little bit. So there's only so much that the umpires can do. There's only so much an ejection can do sometimes. Same way hockey fights, baseball, you hit somebody. So I guess from talking to a few of my friends uh, that are with the Angels and stuff like that, like Andrew Wentz, the kid that hit Winkler, I guess the raise through at Trout's head, whether it be on purpose or on accident the night prior, and obviously, like, there's some guys that are the untouchables, and Mike's, Mike Trout's one of the untouchables. So just kind of ruffled some feathers the wrong way. And then <clears throat> I guess Wentz threw up and in towards Julio Rodriguez and then missed him. Next at bat, I guess, was Winkler and, and got him. So I think it's kind of probably shouldn't have gone after the next guy who was Winkler. Probably shouldn't have gone after him after missing Rodriguez. But sometimes you just have to so sometimes it just needs to be policed and i mean wince isn't a guy that throws super hard so it's not like there's a huge chance of injury for getting hit in the butt but still it it was enough obviously to spark a reaction and the other thing that i heard was <clears throat> i think that was their eighth time playing in 12 days so tensions are definitely high whenever you play a team that many times 
Oh, without a doubt. Uh, without a doubt. It's it's going to be, you know, you're getting sick and tired of seeing that same team or the same guys in uniform or whatever. I have to ask for you, you know, especially with being a, a pitcher uh, in, in your baseball career. I mean, did you ever have that situation where you said, you know what, kind of have to go tit for tat here and you kind of have to, like you said, police yourself a little bit? No. <laughs> I like that. I, that's a good answer. I like that. Everybody has a guy or two that are on their list and some guys you go out on the next at bat some guys it takes a couple games a couple years in some cases i know our pitching coach last season told us a story about he was saving a guy in his back pocket had him for like two years and finally got him back and the batter knew exactly what it was for pitcher knew exactly what it was for he took his base and moved on so i everybody knows what's happening when it happens on the field so well, we have to address this comment by Chad Sykes in the comment section. Is it because is it, is it you're scared? No, it is not because I'm scared. It's because Chad actually started a brawl last season. <laughs> well, do tell. You have to tell the people now. I mean, you've, you've already teased it enough. <laughs> so we were playing. I forget exactly who we were playing. Uh, we have been scrappy with them for a few games now. And with the minor league going to six-game series, you play six games straight and then move on to the next series and then six games straight on the next series. You go play them, and it's just six games against one team in a row is a lot. And basically, Chad and this kid had gone back and forth for a while, and Chad struck him out and let him know about it. And bench is cleared, and it was a big, a big ordeal. Did you did you throw any punches yourself? No, I did not. I did not. But we knew what was happening when it was happening, so we were out of the bullpen pretty quickly. I think honestly, I I don't know. I mean, maybe I might be just on a li- my own little island on this one. I love baseball brawls. I I actually think that it's great in a weird way, like you said, for um you know kind of I don't want to say retaliating, but like you said, kind of policing it in in a there's almost a unwritten uh, code, if you will, in baseball that kind of thing. I I do like that, and also with the sport that. I mean, let's face it, right? There's not much going on. So when you see something like that, that's why it's so, I think, like polarizing because it just doesn't happen. You just don't, you don't see it. Like, yeah, you might see it in basketball, football, obviously, right? That happens all the time. But when you see it in baseball, I mean, it's everywhere. When you see benches cleared, it's, it's all over sports center. It's all over Twitter. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. So I personally love them. Uh, I'm a huge fan just as like a, just as a sports fan. Yeah, they're great for the game. I mean, I think it, it again. It with what this with what how with the complaints that baseball's had over the years, right? Slow, slow, not much going on. I mean, this is this is perfect. And I think sometimes, sometimes you need like a villain. Sometimes you need a bad guy where guys are like, I need to go after them. And I think the Astros they were like that last year. I don't know if they're like that anymore, but they were definitely that last year. Yeah. No, and I, I think it's it's. Interesting, too, how it will end up playing out this time because it's with two teams that, like, L.A. is a big market, obviously. Like, the Angels are in a big market, but they don't draw, like, a big market team because they get overshadowed by the Dodgers. So for them to have two of the best players on earth right now, and now everybody's starting to watch a little bit because Otani's doing things that haven't haven't been done in a century Mike Trout is Mike Trout. And now you're starting to see a little bit of scrappiness going on because 
like the Angels lost 14 in a row a couple weeks ago. And it, it, I think there was a lot of stuff boiling over. And now you have a team like the Mariners, who I think we need to be on the lookout for in the next three to five years for a World Series. I agree with so you. You have these two teams that are kind of overshadowed by everybody else out West getting heated, getting scrappy, and putting on a good show. I, I think it's only good. I can't. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and I think that on top of that, right there, like you said, LA is a big market, but they don't pull like a big market. Seattle's not a big market. So now you have these smaller market teams. And I say this for basketball all the time. I think what the NBA does a great job of it is you have those mid market teams that are competitive with those major market teams. And I think with baseball, it's a little bit hard with the salary cap. But over the years, I think in in like you said, in three to five years, I mean, this Mariners team. And I don't want to go too far down a rabbit hole because we're going to talk about the Mariners down the road. Uh, but I, I definitely agree with you because they've got a, re- a really good young core group of guys. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think overall, I think we can both agree. Brawls are great. They're, they're interesting. They're enticing. Uh, I know that if I ever went to a game where there was a brawl, I would never forget it. Okay, and there, there, there's that reason right there. Uh, but I want to get into a, a, a particular team, hometown team for you. And and obviously a team that I think we can both agree they've you know had a tough go of it the last couple years uh, for a lack of a better term. Where where as for somebody that's from this area, I'm assuming grew up as a Pirates fan, uh, you know, still a Pirates fan probably. What what do you kind of think, and and where do you think this team is going, and and what's kind of been your first reaction to this this young core group of guys that are kind of coming up? My biggest reaction to it is Pirates need sold. And the Pirates need sold to somebody who cares about less about making money and more about putting a good product on the field. That is first and foremost. And it's been that way for years. And now that I'm retired, I don't care. <laughs> so I don't blame you. It's one of those things like how many I literally just saw some on Facebook today. The Pirates have there were seven guys on it, all pitchers. It was Garrett Cole, Shane Baz, Tyon. Joe Musgrove, uh, the, the list goes on and on of guys. And they were 190 and 80 with like a 3.1 ERA since being traded from the Pirates. So it's just, it's little things like that where like Cabrian Hayes isn't going to be on a team very long. O'Neill Cruz will not be a Pirate for very long. They'll be here for the normal two to three year stint. And as soon as their arbitration comes, Pirates are going to back away from it because they don't want to spend money. The same reason why Garrett Cole left, we didn't want to pay him. We didn't want to pay the arbitration money. Same reason that that everybody ends up leaving the Pirates because they don't want to put out the money for it. And, And I think that's the biggest issue. If they can get management that legitimately cares about putting out a good product, the Pirates could be a legitimate organization in baseball because think about it, in the last 30 years, how many top six overall picks that we had a ton a ton and we don't do anything with them because the pirates don't want to pay anybody yeah so i agree and i mean I, you I know that's the biggest issue oh yeah and i think you know on top of that that kind of bleeds in everything else, right? You have an owner that doesn't care. Well, now you have a fan base that doesn't care, right? And I think that, you know, we can both speak to a lot of the people that we know. Not a lot of people in this city are happy with the Pirates. You don't you don't bring that team up and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm really happy with where things are right now. Sure, I've had a lot of people that have, have said, you know, there's a lot of promise, obviously, with this young group. But like you said, 
How long are they going to be there? That's a realistic question. And we are starting to see what happens when they leave Pittsburgh. And I think that also it, it paints... Uh, a poor image in the minds of current players in terms of for like the pirates where it's like, Oh, yeah. if these guys leave, they wind up being really good and they wind up going to these other teams. You know, Joe Musgrove could very well win the Cy Young this year. I mean, he, I think, and you know, as the season goes on, we'll obviously get into that on the show, but I mean, he's what eight and O right now. He's a sub two ERA. I mean, he's putting up insane numbers. So I think other guys like Brian Hayes, O'Neill Cruz, Right, you look at you know Diego Castillo. All of these guys, they're going to start saying you know Jack Sawinski, you know why why am I, Brian Reynolds? You know I think Brian Reynolds has one. He is the one glimmer of hope that I think that he might he might entertain Pittsburgh for longer than a lot of the other guys would. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that, and it's all like I said. I think it's all going to be depending on what his arbitration number is. I think if his arbitration number is low enough, say sub eight million a year, I think the Pirates will end up continuing with it. Even if it's even if it's above, I don't think that he'll get to ten. But even if it's around the ten number, I think that the Pirates will make an offer to stay. But think about it this way: how many guys have the Pirates, or how many years have the Pirates gone where they have the one guy, and then? move on you know Kutch was our one guy for how many years and then Garrett Cole was our one guy we just couldn't get we just couldn't make it work because we couldn't afford it and it's one of those things like if you look at any of the other major sports like obviously basketball is excluded but football and hockey guys love playing in Pittsburgh Pittsburgh is a sports city and if you look back at what was it 2014 or 15 when we went to the wild card we had the Quato chance like if you put a good product out there, Pittsburgh shows up. And Pittsburgh shows up and makes it known. It's just, you got to be willing to get there. I think that there are some of the right guys that are in place, though. You know, I think that, uh, you know, um, Ben Sherrington does a pretty decent job, right? And he comes from a winning culture. I think what they need to do is they need to take a, if they're going to go the route of not paying anybody, right? Because that seems to be the mold. And that's fine. I think that what they need to do now is look at a team that has been successful with that same type of, of, of makeup on Oakland Athletics. I know that Oakland Athletics have been kind of a you know a dumpster fire this year, but they had to get rid of everybody because that's what happens when you have a scenario of, oh, I built a really good team. I built a team that's successful. It didn't win. Now we kind of got to do this again, right? It's a little bit of a process when you don't have that type of money that a New York Yankees do. However... It's possible, though, and I think that's where I under. I think when everybody says that you got to spend money to win, absolutely. But I do think that there are people, there are teams. The Tampa Bay Rays, another one. I think the Rays are a tremendous organization, and yes, you do see that those teams are the two teams that are in jeopardy of moving from where they are right now. But I do think that at the same time, they have that ability to build in house, build talent through the farm system. And be able to get maximize guys' talent. I think the other thing with the Pirates, and this is why I'm, I'm a, I have a little bit of hope, just a little bit of hope, is because they're actually bringing these guys up before the age of 28. And I think that's that's been something in the past where it's like, oh, this guy is up, but he's 29 and he's killing it. It's like, okay, well, how many more years of production are you going to get going to get out of him? You know, O'Neill Cruz is like he's only debuting at 29. 
Right. You know? Exactly. And so I think that you've got Cruz up here at a younger age, right? I think that's going to be helpful. you got Brian Hayes, who's young, Brian Reynolds, who's fairly young. So I think that they can win with the team that they have. They need to obviously improve a lot of things. But I think it just, it, it like you said, ownership needs to take more of a responsibility for winning. And I, I think that, you know, there needs to be some more work done in the farm system. So far, it's pretty good, though. I have heard mixed things about the about the, the Pirates farm system. And the way that I look at it is there aren't many guys that come up through the farm system for the Pirates that are like, late round draft picks that got developed and molded and then made into somebody. It's usually a lot of your top 10 round picks that come up through the organization. And I think that that's a telltale sign of where the pirates are right now is we might be able to put it like the pirates might be able to put a good product on the field, kind of like what they're doing right now. Like they're obviously not in contention for anything at the moment. I mean, they're in third place, but what, almost 10 games back, something like that. Yeah. But the fact that they have some guys, like you said, is is huge for at least the morale of the guys there. And they're putting together good games. And, like, you're not seeing a ton of blowouts like you normally would out of the Pirates. So, and if anything, more of the blowouts are on our end than anybody else's which is nice so like they're putting it together it's just you have to have the pitching and the hitting and the feeling all show up at the same time and make a stretch yeah i think that's it it, you know everything's showing up at once and again guys are young right i mean Brian hayes is what 23 or 4 i mean he might not even be that old so these guys have time to develop again i think the main question like you said is going to be will they be here in five years and if they can you know and i think again you can convince these guys to stay but that also comes from the standard being upheld and 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 kind of sold to the players it is if the ownership is again that's another sign if guys are leaving that's also probably a sign that maybe they don't believe in what's going on behind closed doors that people on the outside like us we have no idea um but i think ultimately you know i think the state of the pirates is not as bad as people i think like to assume i think there's always that kind of quick reaction of up the pirates are terrible and i fall into it all the time especially with recent years but they're in a better spot as of right now but that kind of leads me to my final topic for today before we wrap this up i want to hear from you who's been kind of a team or a couple teams that has kind of stood out to you early on that's really you know been impressive at least as of late two teams that stand out to me the most and for different reasons are the yankees and the red Sox. i think they are the two teams that have had the wildest season so far with the Yankees just not losing, hitting every ball out of the stadium, and the Red Sox starting the year in a dumpster, and then out of nowhere putting on, I want to say their last 20, 30 games, they've been on fire. And it's just, it goes to show that baseball is one of, if not the streakiest game on planet Earth. Um, Like, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point, the bats get cold in New York and they go on out of 30 games, they lose 10, 15 of them just because it's baseball. It's, it's all baseball luck. And like the Red Sox showed you, it doesn't matter where you are. You're going to go on a run for the good, for the bad. doesn't matter. So I think those are the two teams that, that really stand out to me. And I think 
the Mariners stand out to me solely because of the young talent that they're putting out on the field. If the Mariners continue to not play the arbitration game and the basically the years of service game that they've been in a little bit of trouble for, I think that they're going to be, they'll probably end up getting really, really hot in the second half of the season. Yeah, I definitely think I, the Mariners for me have been impressive, and, and I've been telling people the last few years, like, you need to pay attention to this team. Ty France is very good. J.P. Crawford's great, right? They've got really, really good players across the board. I think the teams that jump out to me, the New York Mets jump out to me, and it's not because of their, it, it, their they've been impressive, but it's because they're living up to the expectations that we had for them last year. I think that they're a year behind. I think that last year you you came in, they signed Francisco Liriana, or... Um, Francisco Lindor, and they go out, they get Carlos Carrasco, they get all these guys, and it's like, oh my gosh, here's this, you know, really heavy team that's got pitching and hitting, and then they they kind of flubbed. Now this year, totally different story, and I think another team for me is the Minnesota Twins. I mean, it's a team that finished in the basement last year. Personally, for me, you know, they lost a lot of guys in the offseason. I said, well, what are they going to do? Freed up a lot of cap room. They saved, they, they, they were able to sign a couple guys. And I've kind of been disappointed with how the White Sox have been. You know, they've fallen to third place. They have not been very good. Um, but again, I mean, we're kind of, what, approaching the halfway point. So a lot of things can change. A lot of stuff can kind of, you know, teeter-totter back and forth, so on and so forth. Um, but I definitely think Mariners, Twins, and Mets kind of jump out right now. Uh, but I agree. I mean, the Red Sox and the Yankees, I mean, they've been really good, like you said, especially with the Yankees, with how good they've been hitting and how consistent that hitting has been. And I think also their pitching's been really good, and that's been something that they've really struggled with yeah i was looking at it today they're top five in basically every category offensively and off the mound and they're tied for first in fielding percentage so i mean as much of a brain buster as it is that whenever you hit the best and pitch the best and field the best you're going to be the best but i mean like i said it it's going good baseball balances itself out but I want to see how they react to it and and kind of where they go. Absolutely. Likewise. Likewise. I think it'll be uh, a lot of fun, but what's going to be even more fun is you and I doing more MLB Mondays, my friend. This was a blast. Thanks so much for uh, joining. Thanks so much for sharing some of your expertise with everybody. Um, and yeah, this uh, and just to let everybody know, this will be the video will be out right after this wraps up in like literally 30 seconds to a minute. And the audio will be out uh, later this evening. And we will be sure to let everybody know when that is all out. But Tyler, as always, my friend, thank you so much for joining. And uh, yeah, we'll get you back on the show very soon, my friend. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely.